Welcome to the Mind and Matter podcast, where we talk about the issues that matter and how transforming your mind can change the world around you. There'll be no peace. There'll be no peace. There'll be no peace. Until there's justice. Until there's justice. What is up, Mind and Matter family? This is going to be a good one. I'm really excited. Really excited for today. Okay, but before we get started, we are going to talk about who is someone who is giving us hope right now. So, Jeremy, who's someone that's giving you hope right now? Okay. Um, okay, I got it. Oh, this, this might sound like a bit of a, I don't know, it's not a cop-out or whatever, but... Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love it. That's yeah, my boy. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, my boy. Yeah. Don't even. Yeah. But it's yeah, like, but it's you like, can't. If you can, can you name somebody else <laughs> that's not? Yeah. No, uh, th- no I meant this is more like this might, this might sound cheesy or something, but it's true. Uh, who's giving me hope right now is my daughter, Alicia. And Aww. honestly, a lot Girl. of her friends and the people I see. Like, wow. So obviously, you know, I follow my daughter on Instagram yeah. and stuff like that. And I just see all the stuff she's posting where it's like not only her but so many of her friends Mm. like it's so awesome to see the generation behind us yes oh yes deeply about this i'm so glad you brought this like yes like i mean granted i I think that there's probably some there's some hope and idealism in Mm. every next generation which is great absolutely but i'm like man it would be so easy for her to say nothing, to mm. do nothing. It's like, Absolutely. And, like, the yeah. way she's just constantly being like, hey, drawing attention to things. like, And just kind of, Dude, like, yes. I love seeing her taking a stand for what she believes in mm. and for saying, you know, this stuff is not right. That's so good. Um, so I, she's giving me hope right now because I'm like, okay. I don't know how, I mean, yes, we're going to keep fighting to make things better. We're going to yeah. keep fighting to yeah. make things good. I don't know how much is going to happen in my generation. But the next one? Yeah, like there there, there, there could be some good stuff coming. Come so on. that would be my, my person who's giving, uh, for you. Who is giving you hope right now? So um, Christine DeMarco. I don't know if she's still as a part of Bethel Collective. I want to say that she is, but she is a worship leader. Um, and she's amazing worship leader. Like just in general, I've been following her for several years now. A super great songwriter, um, singer, the whole thing. But she has been just using her platform in such a beautiful way. I love that we're both talking about people using, you know, the yeah, platforms right. Um, and I just, I didn't. Re- so here's what's kind of crazy. I don't know how long ago this was. I want to. It was definitely a few years back. She started posting stuff about just racial injustice like before it was the thing to post about you know like before really anybody else was posting about like as far as like you know white allies were really you know a popular thing now it's you know very common to see it but i just remember her posting like just different books she was reading and different things that she was working through with the lord about you know racism and racial injustice and i was just so floored by it because i had i had not seen you know a white person i'd follow on instagram who's a christian post stuff like that before ever and so she might have been one of the first people i saw you know on my feed post stuff like that and since then you know just so dedicated to justice you know showing pictures of her and her family going to different protests and you know just petitioning for for um, the black community so it for me as a worship leader and as a christian it's been very very encouraging to my faith um to just watch her journey and how she's standing up for for what's right so awesome. i'm super inspired yeah 
Well, Hannah, what are we talking about today? Today, we're going to talk about reclaiming the gospel, which you're going to lead this conversation. So okay. I am going to ask you a ton of questions and pick your brain. And basically, the basis is we realize that justice and injustice is something that is going to have to be talked about within the church. It's not just a social media conversation. It's not just something that, you know, a bunch of kids are talking about. The next generation is talking. It has got to be a church conversation because it is a part of the gospel. It is integral to who we are as Christ followers. So Jeremy, with that being said, you, I would love for you to just kind of paint a picture of what you hope people to take away from today. When we're talking about reclaiming the gospel, what's like your, you know, if they listen to this, what's their biggest thing that you're like, if you could get this, sure. this is it. Okay. So I would say the biggest thing would be to understand that the gospel is not just about where you go when you die. Hmm. It's about the flourishing of human life here oh, and awesome. now as well. That's awesome. And from that, we can talk about a million different Absolutely. things. But like that's the big, like the gospel is as concerned with what's happening here and now, where you're living, where you're working, et cetera, as it is with what happens to you after you die. That's great. And I think we kind of have to point to one of our podcasts that we filmed before where we talked about the history of the church, right? And we talked yeah, about like, yeah. this is why, like the church kind of split in two ways. There's a social justice gospel and then yeah. the like, hey, save your soul gospel. And then there kind of was this loss of like justice being a part of the gospel. So I think that's important for people if they want to get more history Absolutely. to check out that podcast because that'll kind of give framework for what we're talking about today. But Jeremy, okay, so tell Tell me this, what would be, I guess this is my, my question to you. Maybe I've asked you this before, but what is your biblical basis for your argument? So you're like, Hey, justice matters. It's important. It's biblical. Well, if I'm like coming into this conversation, maybe I'm a new believer. Maybe I've never heard about social justice being preached at church at all. Give me some biblical framework. Why should I believe? Sure. So, I mean, it starts, it starts there in Genesis chapter one. So you have God, and he's like, hey, let's create humankind in our image. And then he creates, you know, then he says, like, he creates man, and he says, it's not good for man to be alone. You see throughout the creation story that God is constantly, one, he's already in relationship. Yeah. You got the Holy Spirit, you got God, That's you got good. Jesus. Uh, he creates man, he says, it's not good for him to be alone. So he creates a woman. He's like, okay, community matters. Wow. Relationships matter. The thriving of, like, he's like, he goes through all creation. It's good, 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 good. Man's alone, not good. So there's this idea that relationship is extremely important to God because God exists in relationship. Mm, that's like, so when we talk about like when we say like God is love, that's not just like a nice sentimental thing that you slap on a coffee cup. Like God literally exists in life-giving relationship with the Holy Spirit. Would you like they wow, like they wow. they exist together in relationship? So when things exist that prevent the thriving of relationship the thriving mm. of humanity those are things that matter to god that's good and then it, as you go through the um the old testament you see the prophets constantly um pulling out this you got amos you've got isaiah mm. you've got those that are saying hey like how you're treating other people i mean like the most the most harsh critiques of the nation of israel in um the old testament come from within when their prophets are like Guys, we have abandoned the call that God has for us. We like you, you go through even even before Israel's really the nation that, uh, and I'm not talking about nation as in like the, the nation of Israel today. I'm not, right, like the people group. Right, right, right. Uh, you, you see, like um, 
so many warnings about hey be careful how you treat the foreigner wow. be careful wow. how you treat the vulnerable wow because remember you was god who you you were once you know you were once the foreigner in egypt you were once the vulnerable and god loved you and cared for you and saved you and rescued you so be that way and then we go into the new testament and we see over again and over again jesus's words he's like you know luke chapter 4 when he's announcing he's like you know i'm i'm fulfilling the words of the prophet isaiah i'm here mm. to set the captives free um we see it in paul's letters and and we we forget how revolutionary so many of his commands were when he's mm. telling like men to love and respect their wives yeah. in a time when they were considered proper yeah. and so we see over and over again throughout scripture that caring for the vulnerable caring for those that are in some way oppressed caring for those it, it's like this is what it because this is what it looks like to have good thriving relationships wow you cannot have good thriving relationships when one group of people is being neglected abused oppressed in any way shape or form wow so if we're going to live the life that god has called us to if we're going to live the way that we were designed to live you have to remove the things yeah. that and, and and the removing of the barriers to human thriving is called justice. Justice. That's the work of justice. Yeah. Uh, we always talk about like I mean and there's a there's a million different analogies for this but like there's a difference between mercy and justice. Yes. And so we talk about like if you were to see a kid like imagine that you're 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 by a river. Right. And you see a kid floating down the river and he's he's like help 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 I'm drowning. Mercy would be to go out there and rescue the kid. And then you see another kid floating down the river, help, 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 I'm drowning. And you go and you rescue that kid. That's an act of mercy. And then you see a third kid, and you're like, what is going on? Why is this yeah. happening? And yeah. so you, you go out there and rescue that one kid, and then you see a fourth kid, and you look over your friend and you say, hey, go rescue this this kid. I'm going up river to figure out why are why? there so many kids floating yeah. down drowning. Wow. Justice is that I'm going to go and figure out what the root cause Jeez, of this is. That's great. And fix it so that we that's don't great. keep having this happen over and over again. Yeah, that's so good. That's such a great yeah. distinction. And I love, man, that analogy. I just want to sit on that for a second because that's a great way to determine the two. And I think sometimes, you know, what I've noticed in my, even in my own faith is mercy is so well taught. I think we get that as Christians for the most part, right? Like having yeah. compassion, loving our neighbor, like we understand that. But justice is like, I don't just feel this, like I'm actually going mm -hmm. to do something about it. And I think that that maybe is where we kind of have differing opinions in the church, right? Especially, I mean, this conversation is centered around Black Lives Matter, yeah. what's going on in the black community with, you know, police brutality. And I think there's so like different opinions on how we can give justice to black people right now. So I want to kind of like, I want to get your opinion on just the average everyday follower of Christ. They're watching what's going on in the news. They're seeing stuff on their social media. They're totally agreeing with you. Let's just say at this point, okay. they're like, dude, yes. I get that. I want to be the person that goes up river and stops, you know, put a blockade up so these kids are not falling down the river anymore. I want to help black people and black families thrive and live in flourishing relationships and communities. What can I do as a Christ follower to start making that happen? What would you tell the average person the first couple sure. steps they can take in um, the right direction? So, okay, there's going to be a couple things here. Let me start with just the easiest one. Learn the biblical case for justice. Yeah. Once again, most people, I, uh, I'm not, I don't know, uh, many, we'll say many, yeah. many don't understand that justice is biblical and scriptural before it was cultural. Yeah, that's they think, good. So like, that's they they good think like, oh, yeah. like this, this social justice thing, that's, that's not from God. That's something that just came up from wow. some radical. It's like, wow. well, actually, it's God's idea long before you ever heard wow. of it. That's so good. one, go back and 
truly understand the biblical case for justice. Two, and I'm, I'm just going to have to say it just straight up. Sure. Start believing people instead of questioning. That's what, so good, Jeremy. Like, instead of questioning. Dude, yes. What, where they're, and here's what I mean by that. Wow, um, wow. I... I don't have a whole lot of bad experiences with figures of authority, law enforcement, et cetera, and stuff like yeah. that. I have to believe my African-American, my Latino, my friends who say that they do. Mm. I, 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 I need to listen to them instead of trying to immediately find a way to discredit what they're saying. And to, before you okay, continue, tell me why that's important. Um, it's important because... You can't have thriving human relationships if you constantly think the other person's exaggerating That's or lying. So good. That's and, so good. And, and, and part yeah. of it is like, like let's let's remove ourselves from the the racial justice component of it. And sure. Just, if if you and I were just having a conversation about anything, and I constantly said, "Well, I don't think you're right." Well, that's not been my experience. Yeah. But like, like that's going to wear down the relationship because basically what you're saying is the person you're talking to is not competent enough. To recognize reality wow, from fiction wow, or isn't wow. isn't worth listening to. Yeah. That's demeaning in any sense. In and any then, sense. And then like once again, like the other thing too is as I'm gonna speak now just as just as a Jesus follower. Sure. We all understand that Jesus followers are supposed to have empathy. Yeah. Part of empathy is learning to listen to people. Part of empathy is learning to care about what they're saying and what they're experiencing, even if you've not experienced it yourself. I have okay, and we'll we'll take one that's not controversial. As Jesus followers, I've never been human trafficked. Right. Never been human trafficked. Right. I don't say well because it never happened to me. It does not it's exist not in the real. world. Yeah. And question people who have that story. Exactly. And be like, well, I, I don't ever remember being trafficked. Yeah, I don't exactly. ever remember being targeted. Right. I don't ever be. I I don't think I've ever been sexually harassed. Wow. Or if I have, it was in such a mild case and such whatever. Like you know, I don't even remember. Right. It. Right. So I can't go around and be like, well, it, since I never experienced it, it's never happened for anyone else. Wow. And so I would say, one, you've got to understand the biblical case for justice. Two, you've got to start listening to people um, and believing them. Yeah. And then I would say, and, and I don't mean this as a cop-out, but then I would say, like, I don't think it's right for me to say the other steps you should take. You should probably go talk to someone who's been doing this for, like, a decade or yeah. two and be like, okay, so what does this actually – or uh, here, here's here, – I'll give you the Jesus answer. One, you should listen to people who are actually doing this work. Like, if I if I if I became aware of human trafficking, the best yeah. thing for me to go is go listen to someone who's been doing this work yeah. for a while and say, like, right. "Hey, what does the work what, look like? What do I do? You what know, is don't just on? for me assume." Yeah. The other thing I would say with that is, um, so I'm going to listen. I'm going to invest in that, and then I'm also going to. And I know this sounds like a cop out, but like, man, reading is so important. So important. <laughs> like, other than I think, yeah. other than social media posts, yeah. Like, you need yeah, to get okay. out of social media, because I think a lot of times, I'm just speaking yeah. for my generation. Sure. We like read, you know, an article that's tagged on social media, and we're like, okay, yeah, I did my. But it's like, no, 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 you gotta like pick up some books, or like look at some journals, or like if you're looking online, like some online in depth articles, other than you know the New Yorker mag. Like, it's got to be something that's like. Got you know what I mean? Like yeah. some roots in history from people and individuals who have gone through this stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And then there's we there's a saying that it's kind of popular in church world, and it totally applies to this, but not many people not not many people use it this way. Like we always talk about 
find where God is already working and join him there. That's good. You know, yeah. and like and when we talk about that, like, hey, you, you know, so a lot of times you don't need to come up with the idea yourself. Yeah. You don't need to create a brand new organization. You know, some people do. That's what God calls them to yeah. do. But in a lot of cases, it's like God's already at work somewhere wow. in your neighborhood or your community. That's so Go good. and join them. Well, that's true for the racial justice conversation as well. There are probably people in your neighborhood, in your community, and stuff like that, that are already doing something. Already. Go and find out what God's already working, God's That's already up to, great, and jump in on it. So. That's so good. Yeah, I love that. And I kind of want to backtrack a little bit to something you said, because I think you brought up a really great point um, when you talked about, okay, I'm just going to start listening to mm-hmm. my black friends, my Latino friends, you know, my friends of color when they have an experience, you know, and it's it's not something I've experienced. I'm just going to listen and validate what's going on. It, it's so easy for us to do that with just about everything else, except when it comes to racial tension, right? Um and I think, you know, I just want to add on to that because this is something that I I think that, and maybe you can help me word this, Jeremy. Sure. I, I'm, I'm, what I'm seeing is like a lot of times as Christians, what we do, and give me the right words for this, is we put logic, logic, quote unquote, rationale, quote unquote, above understanding of like just being with somebody. Do you get what I'm saying? So yeah, what we do yeah. is like with exactly what you're talking about. For example, you know, we'll use Jacob Blake for, you know, an example because this is timestamp. This is where we're at right now. This is a few days out from his, you know, getting shot. You look at his situation and the first questions that come out and this is not just from people who, you know, this is from Christians too. Mm-hmm. It's like, "Well, what was he doing? Well, does he have a, a record?" Well, you know, was he looking suspicious? You know, there's all of these like rap sheet questions that come out. Like, was he deserving of the treatment he got? Yes. And that's logic, quote unquote, rationale. But then you look at scripture and I keep thinking of Jesus sitting with, you know, the Pharisee, I think his name was Simon, and the woman who's a prostitute, she has a rap sheet, comes in weeping on his feet. And he's not like, well, here's your history. Here's your past. Simon's like, dude, kick her out of here. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. This is good. What's happening right here is righteous. So I think we have to, as Christians, stop being, and again, word this for me, help me refine this, being so concerned with getting like the rationale, quote unquote, the logic of things, the like, you know, the data, or I don't know how else to word it than that, and, and focus on the humanity of it. Do you so, get what I'm saying with that? Like, yeah. So let me let me let me take a stab at this. Um, if I can rationalize why someone has been mistreated, I am free from having to do anything about it. That's great. And wow. Wow. the other thing is like, data can take me out of my fear. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like in reality, a lot of this is is fear based, and we use rationalizations to to cover the fear because at at the core of it if if i truly believe that there is systemic oppression going on that there is massive mistreatment of people going on i either have to say i don't care Mm. or i do care and therefore i'm compelled to act right that's scary because then like what do i do because like then i've actually got to like start rethinking how i live how i live what what Mm. actions i take stuff like that but if I can figure out a way to continuously justify it, then I'm continuously off the hook. I don't have to think about wow. it. It's like, and people will go to extraordinary lengths to justify things. Wow. If it, and it, to, like, once again, almost anything based in fear is going to have a bad result. That's great. And, and, wow. and, and what we see so often here is like, man, I'm afraid that if, if I really start to dig on this and uncover this, 
I'm going to find out that a lot of what I've believed or a lot of what like people just don't want to question their way of life. Yeah. People don't want to question. And, and I totally part of this, like if yeah. you've, if you've been grown up and you've been told something over and over since you've been little, you don't want to put in the mental effort to think, okay, was a lot of this based on half truths? A lot mm. of this based on a lie? Was a lot of this a based lot of on? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know what? The easiest thing for me to do right now is to just say, well, everybody else is wrong. This doesn't actually happen. It's easier for me. But right. that's honestly yeah. going back to our, our, our big theme. God, like when you care about people, it's not that you put truth aside. You it's that you understand where it falls. Like we say Jesus, mm. full of grace and truth. and truth. Like you can't have truth. I mean, you can. You can't have truth without grace. Um, and you can actually have grace without truth. But it's an incomplete picture that mm. limits the thriving of a human. That's great. Like in in, in almost any situation, we, we would want we, what the, the framework or the, the question we should ask ourselves would be, was the, was the way this person treated the way that I would want to be treated yeah. if I were in the exact same situation. Yeah, yeah. And if the answer is no, then you have to start to question, okay, so then what's going on? Why is Why this is happening? This happening? Yeah. We want to see all of humanity flourish. That's great. That's great. So reclaiming the gospel yeah. is being able to look at these stories that we're hearing. And first, like you said, mm-hmm. listening first and foremost, you know, joining the work that God's already doing. And then also just recognizing that it's not, it's not so much about rationalizing it ourselves out of it so we don't have to deal with it, but actually looking at it in the face and, and asking ourselves, okay, committing ourselves to it. Am I going to be committed to this and to being a part of the change? Or am I going to commit myself to just ignoring it and pushing it to the side? Absolutely. Because honestly, that's what Jesus did. Yeah. Like, wow, Jesus wow. is in heaven. That's a good gig if you can get yeah. it. If you know that's a good gig <laughs> yeah. if you can get it. You know, He's like, okay to truly set these people free mm. to truly help them find the life that they were created for i'm going to have to enter into their story i'm going to have Jeez. to enter into their pain i'm going to have to enter into the dysfunction that they are existing in and do something about it wow now did that cost jesus absolutely, absolutely. will it and honestly this is why so many people are afraid will it cost us something to enter into this yes absolutely yes probably going to cost me a whole lot less than all the people suffering from it but you know like yeah there is some cost and so but that's once again this is the life we've been called to Mm. as jesus followers when we say reclaiming the gospel reclaiming the kingdom like jesus followers are to be the visual representation of an alternative way of life Mm. like we are supposed to demonstrate a life and a community and a society that is powered and fueled by the love of god so good which is different from the way the world is powered and fueled. And so, yeah. like, we've got, we've got to enter into this because this is something that is truly hurting at least the U.S. I mean, obviously, it's a global issue, but especially yeah. in the U.S. Like, so for Jesus followers to, to say, well, we're not just going to talk about that. We're not going to deal with it stuff like that. We're missing the opportunity to show the world a better way. That's in which case, then they're going to have to – they'll just figure it out however they do, yeah. and I guarantee you it won't. Won't be the won't be good. Won't, won't be the be best. The won't best be pretty, way. et cetera. Yeah. yeah, that's so good. So you know, I want to give you time if there's anything else that you want to touch on. But I do want to. There was something you said, you know, about recognizing, you know, that people. Okay, so going back, just backtracking a little bit. I want you to talk a little bit about how systemic racism plays into all this. I think this is important. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Right. Because we're talking about reclaiming the yeah. gospel. We're looking at it from 
the lens of Christ's followers from the lens of the church. And I think systemic racism, <laughs> you know, I, I chuckle because I, I, it's just crazy how much systemic racism is not just a social issue or a cultural issue, but it's also very present in the church. Yeah. There's a lot of systemic racism within the walls of the church. Yes. And so I think, you know, if we're going to create, you're talking about creating a world and a community where people can flourish and thrive, systemic racism is one of those things that is like, ab like, abstainly like against any flourishing or thriving of yes. the black church, the black yes. community. So where would you say, you know, maybe somebody's listening to all of this and they're like, man, like, where does systemic racism play in all of this? You know, within the church, outside of the church, what can I do as a Jesus follower to go against that? Because we're hearing that word so much. What can I do, you know, to make myself more aware of it? What do I need to know to attack it? Like, give me some sure. some so, basis for that. Here's Here's the biggest thing that stands in our way is that when we think of the terms like racism or something like that, we immediately think of the Ku Klux Klan. Yes. And then we think of yeah. the evil person in charge of racism. Right. And so when we say systemic <laughs> racism, we want there to be like the wow. mastermind James Bond villain. Right. He's like, you know, like, no! yeah. you know, he's like, I'm right. the race man. You know? Right, right. Systemic racism is often does not have a central bad guy trying Jeez. to make things worse for others. Now, are, are there people that are doing that? Absolutely, sure. there are. No question. But let me, let me just show you how this played out in the early church. Right. So in the book of Acts, we have a great example of this. So the, the, the church has just started. Things are growing. They're, they're helping people. You know, like, this is the beginning. Lots of good stuff is happening. And then there, there's this incident where it's like, hey, guys, we're one of the one of their out one I, I i guess you could call it an outreach one of the ways that they were just trying to make the world better is like okay we are providing food for widows that yeah. don't have any and uh, an issue is brought up hey guys the greek widows are being neglected in the distribution mm. of food mm. you guys are a bunch of jewish people and yeah. you're you're giving all the food to the jewish women uh the jewish widows and the greek widows are being neglected mm. now here's the deal i i don't know the exact situation but i bet there was not a single person that's like we hate the Greek widows. Right. We're just going to take care of right. them. But the way things would have been set up was you've got primarily Jewish guys overseeing a Jewish system, taking care of Jewish mm -hmm. widows. And it's not that they specifically neglected. It was that because it was primarily at that point, you know, all one kind of ethnic group and stuff like that, certain things just come out of that. Yeah. And so if you look at it and said, okay, well, hey, guys, this is not good. Mm -hmm. We need to fix this. And if you look at it, they appoint seven guys to take care of it, and they all had Greek names, which mm. leads me to believe it's like, hey, we need to solve this. Let's put some guys that are going to care about this and be, you know, yeah. follow this out. And then the Greek widows start getting food. So let me let me let me translate that. Sure, to, yeah, how that's a great look? example. Okay. Yeah, there was no there was no person in charge of Greek racism. It's just the way it played out naturally. Yeah, that's what systemic racism is. It's where the natural results of the way things are happening means one group of people is being overlooked, oppressed, et cetera. Let me, let me, let me tell you about how this could look today. So, and this, and I, we might've mentioned this before. I know we've had these conversations before, but let's pretend I'm the person in charge of a company mm -hmm. and I need to hire a new CFO. I need to hire a new head of sales or something like that. And so, you know, I get all the applications and, and there's seven or eight people that are all qualified. So I start to interview the seven or eight. Right. At some point, I start to ask myself, well, who do I feel most comfortable with? You know, any one of these people could, quote, unquote, do the job. Well, 
generally speaking, you feel most comfortable around people that look, act, and mm-hmm. think like you. Right. And so you think you're like, hey, I'm giving this job to the person best qualified because I looked at their you know, resume, I looked at their experience, and I thought about team fit. How will they fit in with the team? Yeah. And so I, I hired someone who happened to look, act, and think like me. Well, when you're in a country like the U.S., which has historically been ran by people of European descent, mm-hmm. and all the money is there, and all the influence is there, and you keep hiring people that look, act, and fl- think like you, you're not necessarily saying, I hate black people, I yeah. hate Mexicans, I hate this. The end result, though, of you not thinking about it is that wow. you keep perpetuating wow. a predominantly white. Or, you know, yeah. like this is the, this, the sexism comes in the same way. Guys keep hiring guys. guys you know, I'm yeah. comfortable with the dude. He's my yeah. friend, you know, something like that. So when you say, I'm going to dismantle systemic racism, you have to say, I'm specifically paying attention to what's most comfortable for me and the way things have always gone for me Hmm. and then doing something different because just like in acts me doing just what i've been doing leads to this particular group of people being neglected and so when we say that the gospel has to address systemic racism it means that as jesus followers here in 2020 trying to make the world a better place trying to show this alternative uh, way of living yeah it's like okay where where is the normal everyday way of things yeah causing other people to suffer to be neglected to be left out to be oppressed and once again we have to get over this idea that it's it's because of some evil henchman villain that's causing it to happen no just your normal average day-to-day life like once again like put me in charge of a company and i hired just people that look like me yeah that's not that's not like sinful wrong, right? but the end result is people get hurt. Yeah. So me having to say, oh, no, 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 I'm a Jesus follower. I'm here, about, I'm here for the thriving of everybody means I have to do something then other than what comes natural. Yeah. I have to think about this, I have yeah. to reflect, and then I have to act in a certain way. So how does the gospel address systemic racism? I mean, it's like, well, okay, where is there any group of people that aren't flourishing? Where is any group of people being held back? Where is any group of people being oppressed? Why are they being oppressed? Yeah. What is the what is the underlying root cause, conditions, um, practices that are leading to this? And then saying we have to do something different. Wow. And it would be honestly, it would be so much easier if every every problem just had a central bad guy mm-hmm. that you could you know like because this is like a movie. Yeah. And it's like the good girl and the good guy team up and they yeah. defeat the bad you know villain and it's over happy in two ending. hours and boom. Yeah, and it's and not goes, like that. That's not no. real. Yeah. And and the, well and the other reason we really want it to be that way is because if there's a super bad guy, I don't have to look at my own part. Exactly. Like you know like like yeah, once again if that's... I'm hiring if I'm hiring people. And the end result is that I hire all people who I hire a bunch of other white guys that look just like me. Yeah. Then I have to admit to myself, I'm part of making this problem continue. Yeah. Well, that's icky. I don't like to look at myself. Like we've already talked about. We don't like yeah. to look inward. We don't want to do right, that. Right. Right. Let's just say, well, the problem is those crazy racist dudes who have guns, right, or you know, exactly. or, or like, or like doing Burn weird crosses. Yeah, or something yeah, like that. Then it's like. Because then that that's not me. That's not me at all. Yeah. But the gospel's like no we. As we follow Jesus, we have to make life better for others as well. So reclaiming the gospel is also doing the inner work of recognizing that I play a part in this too. That as much as systemic Mm -hmm. racism is a really big issue, I'm realizing just listening to you that like systemic racism is very much individual racism times like multiple people. Do you know what I mean? It's like a bunch of individuals who've made 
choices either unconsciously like you're yeah. talking about like i didn't realize i was doing this it's just happening or people who are making conscious choices like i do not like that group of people so i'm not going to hire them or whatever and then it becomes this system in play because these individuals have formed a group and now it's growing and growing. And it's like the gospel in all of this for the Christ follower is within the systems where they're at, their workplaces, their churches, their communities, recognizing I, it ends with me. I'm not going to perpetuate this system anymore, consciously or unconsciously. I'm going to start making decisions. Yeah, and, to and, stop and it. it has to be conscious because, right. like, once again, like, let's take it out of the job world and let's right. just say, let's say that you're sitting on a city council. Right. And you're like, man, I've got the, I've got these funds that I need to direct some way. Right. And your friend is like, hey, it would be really cool if you could direct them towards this school project I want to do. And you're like, well, sure, that sounds really good. But once again, your friend looks like you. Your friend, you know, you have a relationship, so yeah. that's how this even got brought, brought up. up. Yeah. Well, you don't know anyone from the poor school district. You don't right. know anyone from whatever side of town it yeah. is. So it's not that you even were like, I withheld funds. It's just by the very nature of your your social circle not having conversations with other people not having the exposure thing, yeah like, it's like one of the things that and like we always see is like when you build relationships with people that look different than you that have had different experiences than you i mean obviously there's some people that are just hard-hearted but right but for a lot of people as they get to know other people they start to care about what's yeah, happening in those other absolutely. people's lives so in some ways the, the, the mandate for the Jesus follower, and I'm going to speak specifically to people like, like myself, yeah. uh, white, male, et cetera, yeah. is like you've got to start learning other people's stories. Because That's if you're a so normal good. Jesus follower, you'll yeah. be like, okay, I do care about that. Right. Well, you know what? There's a way I could inter- yeah, I could help that or I could yeah. be a part of that or something yeah. like that. And that's what breaks it down. It's it, Once again, going back to it, it's us making conscious decisions to enter into things that are either uncomfortable or different, et cetera. That's so good. And when we do, that's so good. As we follow Jesus, we'll we'll care about those. But the more we stay within our insular bubbles, the more that we stay within just the people who look, act, and think like us, that's what helps perpetuate the system. Yeah. Now, granted, there there are definitely like you know there are definitely landlords who'll be like, no, I'm not going to rent to anyone of color, and right. that's like that's the bad guy that we all wish it were. But then there's a lot of cases where it's like the only people I know look like me. So all my resources, all my wow. ideas, all my stuff like that wow. flows between us. That, wow. And That's once huge. again, someone like, you know, if all of us are feasting every day and we're like, hey, all my friends have plenty of money. All my friends have plenty of food. That doesn't mean that we're choosing. That, that, that doesn't mean that like we caused poverty. Right. But we're also not addressing, addressing you know, all it either. It's like, so yeah. we've got to enter in. It's okay. And wow. that's. And that's reclaiming the gospel is making that intentional, conscious effort to expose yourself. Yeah, because, I mean, think about it, too. Like, we always talk about, like, the gospel is good news. Right. When we always talk about, like, well, what's good news to a starving person? Right. A loaf of bread. Food. You you know, like, so once again, like, as we go and do good deeds or enter into the stories of others, it makes the story of Jesus that much more real, that much more Mm. tangible. It's like... Who would want to follow a God who's like, well, I don't care about any of your suffering, any right. of your problems, or stuff like that? Like, I mean, the gospel is both the the good news of Jesus. Once again, I I know I've downplayed it some, but like, the, there is good news about like we do get to spend eternity with God. That's you know, awesome. One news. day heaven, you know, oh, like descends, and you know, yes, there, there's sir. a new there's new heaven, That's new earth, etc. That's great et news. Yes. And in the meantime, we get to help make the world look like what heaven's That's going to awesome. be. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it's both and. That's yeah. great. That's great. So Jeremy, as we're wrapping up. Um, I wanted to get some resources from you if you have any to share. I really liked, and I was trying to think while you were talking too, when you talked about like getting involved where God is already working, right? And so I I wanted to shout out something that 
you know, Momentum Church has been doing that I really am proud of, of sure. us helping out with Vista Square Elementary School, which is located in Chula Vista, um, California. And that has been such an awesome thing for me personally, because I live right down the street um, from Vista Square. And I didn't even know it existed. Like, I didn't even yeah. know the school existed. I didn't know there was, like, all the families that we've been ministering to and hanging out with live literally blocks away from me. And so for me, you know, I, giving a little, just I guess a personal testimony of what you said, like, just go where God's already working. It's in your community. You know, I've just, I've seen that play out so real in my life where it's like, if you just start opening your eyes, exposing yourself, asking the right questions, doing the right research, connecting with the right people, you start to realize that justice isn't this far away concept, but it's actually like a couple miles down the road from you that you can actually start making a change um, in your community. So I think that that's a great example of a way to get involved would be just to even, man, you know, you, you initiated this too with a couple friends of just going on a prayer walk um, in our community and doing that. That's an act of justice too. And I think what's interesting about that is even though it is a very spiritual thing to pray, you know, walking around and getting to know your neighbors, because you go on a prayer walk and there'll be people and you start talking to your neighbor and then you get to know their story, figure out they need something or be able to invite them to church, get to know them better. And those, you know, there's opportunities for justice there too. So I would, I want to ask you if you have any resources on the person listening who's like, okay, I'm committed to this. I'm ready to reclaim the gospel. Justice is about to be a part of my, you know, everyday life. What would you tell them? Where should they get connected? What should they start reading? Sure. Where should they go? So there's a book called Becoming a Just Church. Okay. I'm trying to remember the name of the author. It's escaping me right now. But yeah. that's like, like, just read the book. Yeah. Go ahead. That's a good place to start. Becoming a Just Becoming Church. Becoming a Just Church. Okay. Uh, once again, I would also say The Very Good Gospel by Lisa Sharon Harper. Oh, yes. Yeah, I think I, which I think I've shouted out that's multiple times. That's a good times. one, yes. So those are two places to start. And then I would say, like, find the angle, because this touches on so many things. Sure. Find the angle that cries out to you. And here's what I mean by that. Some people really care about kids and education. Yeah. Some people really care about homelessness. Some people really care about... Um, battered women like any one of those avenues is going to lead you towards something that's going to have to do with racial justice and yeah. reconciliation yeah it absolutely. just simply is because it, it it's not like it's this, this category unto itself it touches and invades Permeates everything everything absolutely. yes that's so, so good which whatever your particular one uh um heart string pull is yeah find out who's doing stuff about that in your community and go for it. And go for it. Yeah, like start. That's so good. And, and I would say I would I would always caution this. Go with the posture of someone who's learning, and wanting to help versus someone who's trying to got all the answers. Got all the answers. <laughs> thinks they can solve the yeah, problem. Yeah, that's so, so good. Like, yeah. Because I I remember this before. Like I I've been I've been in I've been on the other side of that where someone will come to me and they'll be like, you know what you need to do, Jeremy. Yeah. And it's like. Oh, um, really? Because, like, I haven't yeah. been thinking about this for this years. The whole time? Yeah. yeah. And, and, wow. And then, and then well, and the re, it's kind of a joke, but the, the sad part is is that someone will come in with a bad attitude. Uh, they don't realize it's a bad attitude. Mm. They try to help. The help's not received well. They go back and they're like, well, I tried. Yeah. Just, people just don't care. People just yeah. don't want to change. And it's like, you came in. Oh, I was getting ready to quote Miley Cyrus. You came in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then you and were wondering why people don't want the wrecking ball. Like, uh, yeah, like yeah. you're like knocking all these walls down. You're yeah. making things worse. So yeah. yeah, just go in, find out what whatever the, the yeah, go to is. volunteer, learn, yeah. be willing to do. And I'll, I guess I would say this: you're probably gonna have to pay your dues. And here's yeah. what I mean by that: like, oh yeah, like 
This is good. This yeah, is good. The, 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 the thing the best way of saying it is okay. People are oftentimes suspicious of people who just randomly show up and be like, oh, yes. I'm here to help. I've heard about racial injustice this and I want to I want to make it go away, yeah, like, which is like um, yeah. that's that's good. Absolutely. Yes. But people 100%. have to know whether or not they can trust you yeah, and they can rely on you. That's so great, at first Jeremy. there might be like can you go put stamps on these 300 yeah. envelopes and send it out and you're like no, I'm here to overturn racism. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, okay, the best thing that I can trust you with yeah. right now is can you do this? So be one, be willing to learn, be willing so to listen to, be willing to do the crappy grunt work until you and, and, and always be willing to do the crappy grunt work, but understand that like, you're going to probably have to do that for a while until they can say, yes, I can trust this person. I can rely on this person. They're going to show up even when it's not convenient. And I don't have to worry about them saying or doing something that's going to undermine the work we've already done. So, so you might be mopping a lot of floors. You might be handing out a lot of leaflets. You might be cleaning up a lot of food after you know, the meeting or something like that. But here's the deal. That still has to be done by somebody, and it's still part of the bigger process that's of justice. That's so good, so, Jeremy. That uh, that's so what good. I would leave everybody with, and I've probably given the people enough stuff to chew on. Yeah, so, that's okay. great. I love this. This was really helpful. And, um, man, yeah, share this episode. Go read some books. Absolutely. Once <laughs> again, yeah, share, sure, like. Read some books. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, guys, love you, and we'll love see you, you next guys. time. Bye. Bye.